the listener who pays only a vague, distracted sort of attention to British politics, and all things considered, we cannot blame you, may be wondering if anybody has told James cleverly about his new job. The former Foreign Secretary, repurposed as Home Secretary in a recent cabinet reshuffle, has been visiting Rwanda, which does sound like more of a Foreign Secretary sort of thing, being foreign and all. But Cleverly has taken leave of neither his senses nor his post. He has reasons for being in Rwanda. They're not good reasons, but we'll get to that. Over the last year and a half, Rwanda has become something of a fetish for the UK's just-about-governing Conservative Party. Rwanda has been promoted as the solution to the problem of the migrants who have, of late, been crossing the English Channel in small boats. The basic idea is that anybody who arrives in the UK in this or any other freelance fashion will be abruptly relocated to Rwanda. The hope is that this prospect will deter migrants from climbing aboard their rickety craft in the first place. I would love to be having a front page of the Telegraph (laughs) with a plane taking off to Rwanda. That's my dream. This unceasing armada has been a difficulty for the UK's government on a number of fronts. In fairness to all concerned, it is an actual problem. As of November, 27,284 people had made the crossing this year, and that's just those anybody was able to count. It was 45-odd thousand last year, nearly 30,000 the year before that, about 10,000 the year before that. That's an entire Cheltenham or Exeter which has splashed ashore this decade of people who need to be housed, fed and generally dealt with. Upwards of 50,000 people are presently being housed in hotels, running up a bill beyond 8 million quid a day. On top of that, it's one of those problems which looks even worse than it is. The optics of dinghies abandoned on the beaches of Kent while their occupants, whoever they are, wander off to wherever they're going, are horrible. It is an open question whether the folks most volubly vexed by this and the foam-flecked conservative media those people tend to consume are concerned about immigration in itself or the appearance, indeed, the fact of disorder. But... It is worth remembering that also in the last couple of years, one large and visible minority group has moved to the UK, perhaps 150,000 people from Hong Kong, who also hold British national overseas passports, and absolutely nobody cares. Then there are the particular political difficulties that the boats present to this government. The Conservative Party's whole thing, especially since the Brexit referendum of 2016, has been controlling the UK's borders and limiting immigration. Here are five things I'm doing to stop the boats. First, I'm bringing in new laws that will mean if you come to the UK illegally, you can't stay. Controlling the UK's borders and limiting immigration, they said, that's a thing we're going to do. One of our five pledges to the British people is to stop the boats. You want the borders controlled and immigration limited? Leave it with us. We will pass new laws 
to stop small boats. And so interminably forth. But they turn out to have absolutely sucked at the whole border controlling immigration limiting lark. In the last year, net migration to the UK was not fewer than 745,000 people. A record, though not the kind of record the Tories will much fancy campaigning on, ahead of the general election they are going to lose sometime between now and January 2025. Hence the Rwanda plan. It is everything the Tories believe their voters want in an approach to illegal immigration and or asylum. It is bold, decisive and punitive. It has also proved, so far at least, entirely unworkable. As of this broadcast, not one person has been removed to Rwanda. Last June, seven people were seated aboard a plane bound for Kigali, but the flight was cancelled after an intervention from the European Court of Human Rights. Since then, the UK's own Supreme Court has ruled the plan unlawful anyway. We feel very strongly that this treaty addresses all the issues raised by their lordships in the uh, Supreme uh, Court. The government claims that the new agreement, concluded by James Cleverley and Rwandan Foreign Minister Vincent Baruta in Kigali this week, addresses the concerns of the judges, which were basically about the possibilities of asylum seekers ending up forcibly returned to unsafe countries and how decently they could expect to be treated while in Rwanda, a country certainly more functional than many of its neighbours, but nevertheless ruled by a regime not noted for a philosophical view of dissent. Extrajudicial killings, deaths in custody, enforced disappearances and torture. Since Rwanda has ratified many international human rights conventions, this evidence raises questions as to its compliance with its international obligations. Fun fact. In 2022, more than 6,000 actual Rwandans applied for asylum elsewhere, 25 of those in the United Kingdom. Rwanda has now established a strong reputation for the humane and professional administration of uh, refugees and uh, migrants. Despite this week's vows that the Rwanda plan is now full steam ahead, etc., it remains unlikely that it will ever actually happen. Its passage through Parliament is unlikely to be smooth, and at any rate the opposition Labour Party has vowed to bin it should they win the next election, an outcome presently offering extremely short odds. We've sent three home secretaries to Rwanda and zero asylum seekers. Now, that is not a recipe for having a deterrent. It's not a recipe for having control. We've got a five-point plan ourselves, which involves more effort in tackling the criminal gangs with a new cross-border police unit, dealing with the 180,000 backlog, which is producing the £8 million a day cost of keeping the asylum seekers in hotels. That's a rubbish way to spend public money, and that's why we want to tackle it. Nor is it even clear that James Cleverley's heart is much in it. Reports persistently suggest that he has privately described the Rwanda scheme as, quote, batshit crazy, unquote. He has consistently failed to entirely deny this. The reasonable person might therefore wonder what this charade is in aid of. It is partly a demonstration of the giddy demob happiness that often besets a government well aware that its electorate is sizing it up for the tar and feather treatment. But it is essentially a spectacular plummet into the self-dug trap often known as the politician's fallacy. Something must be done. This is something. Therefore, we must do it. 
for Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.